With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast. That were the words, we don't want to finish in the Champions League. But every time it was going wrong, we just kept turning around and blaming the coaches. He literally gets what he wants and whatever he says goes. Um, and, we, and we ended up getting relegated that year, which I think was down to you know what was in that dressing room at the time. Well, it was really Sky that put an end to that. They may not have handled it very well. Hello and welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast, the only podcast in the UK which is hosted by autistic students who interview some of the biggest names in sport. This podcast has been set up by Technowood School and our aim is to teach our students new skills through podcasting. Each week we chat to famous sportsmen and women from around the world. We delve deep into their sporting careers, their highs and lows and what makes them one of the best athletes in their sport. All of our students' hard work and dedication has paid off as we've recently won a Global Sports Podcast Award for the best equality in social sports podcast. That's enough from me. I'm going to hand you over to the stars of the show, which are our students who host the podcast, and I will let them introduce today's guest. Thank you. Tenorwood School is a school for autistic children and young adults. We've set this podcast up to provide our pupils with a fantastic opportunity to develop a range of skills while interviewing top sportsmen and women from a variety of different sports. Joining us today on the TWS Sports Podcast is a former footballer and now a manager. He played for teams such as Newport County, Wigan and Gillingham and we have managed and has managed Newport County and he is the current manager of Warsaw. Welcome to the podcast, Michael Flynn. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Cheers. Before we start, we just wanted to say that if, throughout this podcast, if you have any questions for us about anything, about our podcast, or you have a question about autism, then please speak. We like to answer your questions too. No problem. Thank you. <laughs> we like to start a podcast with some random questions before we start talking about your career. Are you ready? Ready. Let's go. I think so. <laughs> I think <laughs> so. <laughs> Who is the most famous person in your phone book? Oh. It's a couple in there. It's a couple. I'd have to say Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Say that. Steven Gerrard. <laughs> oh, Thierry Henry. Yeah, there's a few. Okay. 
If you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be and why? Ooh, that's a difficult one. So if I don't say my wife, I'd have to say my <laughs> wife because the amazing work she does <laughs> with the children, looking after the kids and, and, and helping run it, her parents' uh, business as well. So I'll have to say my wife, Victoria. It's a safe mm. answer. Okay. <laughs> okay. If you could have any superpower, what would you have and why? I would love to have the superpower of hindsight. So I wouldn't make any more mistakes. I would know everything. And I could also put the lottery numbers on before they come. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, last question. You can stop one crime forever, but the way you stop it from ever happening again is by committing that crime yourself. After you've committed it, that crime will never happen again anywhere in the world. What a crime are you choosing and why? Oh, that's a very difficult one. Very difficult. (laughs) I would have to say murder because, um, you know, if if it was one more sacrifice I'd have to make, then, you know, to to protect millions of of innocent people, then I think that would be better all around. That would be better all around. Thank you for answering those questions. Let's chat about your career. We want to take you back to the beginning and talk about your childhood. What are your memories of growing up? And did you always want to be a footballer? Well, yeah, I grew up in Newport, South Wales, in a place called Pilgwentley. So Catholic. Lived my great auntie and great uncle. Um, you know, still see my mum and my dad as well. No brothers, no sisters. So I'm an only sibling. So at times, I can relate. Yeah. At times, I can't. I've got three siblings. Oh, well, there you go. Two siblings and one half sibling. So yeah, at time, at times it's uh, it can be lonely, but other times it's it's peaceful and you can reflect and and have that you time or me time. So that's good. <laughs> There's no such thing as me time at my place. <laughs> I grew up in a in a multicultural um, area of Newport Pill. So we had all kinds of nationalities um, living there. So it was from Welsh, English, Italian, Indian, Pakistani, Somalian. Um, Yikes! <laughs> uh, the the Carib- people from the Caribbean. Um, so we, it was a very, very multicultural place. And it was something that I'm proud of be- coming from because um, we all got on really well. We had arguments as normal everyday people kids growing up do <laughs> we played together we hung out together and we all had a, a mutual respect for each other so I think that for me going forward and understanding especially the way the world is or has been um, before I was a kid and now since I'm an adult I think that has given me a very very good head start into understanding different ethnic backgrounds um, as well as, as being respectful to, to my own. So I don't know if you're aware, I'm from Newport as well. Yeah. So I think my dad, my dad said he spoke to you because I think my brother's daughter and your daughter go to the same school, Killian? Uh, no, no, Dion yes. went to Dufferin. Okay. But Dion, yeah, Dion's 22 now, right? Yeah, so, so. There's some connection. My dad, my dad said he sees you somewhere in Killian at some point anyway. I'm probably in the park. <laughs> so yeah, I'm from I'm from Newport. School and, um, so yeah, it's a wonderful part of the world and 
So I try and go back as much as possible, but we moved up here a few years ago now. So yeah, small world. Yeah, so you know, like I said, growing up we used to play all different sports, golf, rugby, um, baseball. Um, we had some really good people who would look who would guide us in the right mm-hmm. way. You know, people like Norman Parcell, Andy Beatty. Um, those kind of people from Newport who are well known in that area and they're very, very well respected because of the amount of time they've they've given the youth over the years. So um, yeah, I'm very proud of that growing up there. Mm-hmm. All right. You made your, your debut for Newport County in 1999. How did it feel playing for your hometown? Well, it's that long ago now. I can't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I, it's obviously it's always good. Newport won in the league then. I, I'm going to say, I'm, I think it was the Beezer Holmes division. I'm going I'm <laughs> to say, I'm, I'm not quite sure on that, but it was good. Um, Tim Harris was the manager. Uh, I still, still, you know, remember a few of the names there. Um, you know, one or two, or definitely one has passed away. You know, but a couple of them are, are oh, friends, friends of mine as well. That you know, we've stayed in touch. So, look, it's always been you always want to play there. But the most important thing for me was seeing that Newport County was Newport County AFC. Sorry, was was back and. Um, you know, because obviously they, they went out of business and it was great to see them reformed because I grew I, I missed that that period in my in my childhood, you know, the ages of eight onwards to to about fifteen really before they started getting back up to a level that, you know, people went and supported. So yeah, it was good to see that the, the city had their, their club back. You then you then joined Barry Town and on twenty fifth of July two thousand and one you played in a game. Do you remember what game it was? Yeah, I'm gonna have a rough guess and say it was um, against FC Porto. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Portuguese champions. They've won a European Cup. Yeah, huge, huge club. They had fantastic players there. People like Deco was playing and went on to to play for Chelsea. Um, you know, George Costa, the Portuguese captain, was there um, playing as well. So, yeah, it was fantastic. Apart from when we was over there, we lost 8-0. We lost 8-0 late there. And at Barry, we, we managed to, to win 3-1. And he scored. And I scored a goal, yeah. So, yeah, that was a, that was a special moment because it was, uh, it was a great result for Welsh football. Um, you moved from club to club throughout your career. Why did you choose to do that rather than stay at one club for a longer period? Well, it's, it's difficult. You know, at, at times there was... <clears throat> at times you wasn't wanted, you know, time to move on. Uh, other times I wanted to move on because I wanted to... Well, I thought I was going to play at a, you know, a higher division and I've done that a few times. I actually, you know, played for three of the clubs for three years each which is not too bad, you know, Wigan, Bradford and, and Gillingham. So those three, three I was there for, for three seasons. Um, Newport then was there um, a bit longer, you know, on and, on, on and off the pitch. Huddersfield was really a one-year. The manager come in, wanted his own players in, so I had to, um, I had to move on. And, and Blackpool was, was quite the same. It was um, it was a move that I went to because they were in the higher division, 
and it didn't work out. So then yes. we, <clears> we <throat> talked to a lot of people, and Blackpool tended to pop up more than once. <laughs> Black, yeah, lots of yeah, for some reason, lots of our guests have played Blackpool. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that it's a pattern. It is Although awesome, and apparently not everyone had a good, the best experience there. Yeah, it was no. it's not yeah. going into details. Personal, nothing against Blackpool, I'm sure, but yeah, quite mm. a lot. Blackpool's got quite a lot, actually. Lovely yeah. beach. Yes. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I've never been to a beach never in my life. And a pier. At which club do you think you played your best football and why? I'd probably say I'd have to say it was Gillingham. Um, why? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was just playing regular in and out, and I hadn't had any injuries at that point. Mm. Um, so you know that that was in in the championship in League One. So scoring, I think I scored twenty five goals in a in a hundred games from midfield, which was good. Um, so that was consistently. The best I played, the best team I played in is Wigan, um, where we had two promotions in three years. And I played with some fantastic players, Matt Jackson, Jimmy Bullard, Lee McCulloch, John Filan, Leighton Baines, Andy Liddell, Neil Roberts, those kind of players. To name a few. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a lot of, lot of good players at Wigan. And, and that was one of the reasons why I moved on from Wigan, because I was behind quite a lot of players and I wanted to play regular. You had four spells at Newport County and in 2013 Newport played Wrexham in the conference playoff final at Wembley. You won this game too now. What are your memories of that and getting Newport back into the football league? My memory, yeah, I can I can remember it like it was yesterday. I hated the day. I couldn't relax being from Newport. I know what it meant. I seen the hard work that so many people have put in to trying to get the club back into the Football League after a 25-year absence. Mm. Um, you know, our, our manager, Justin Edinburgh, God rest his soul, who's passed away as well. Um, was, um Passed away. Passed yeah. away. Right. So he, you know, he was he was key in me coming back. You know, he, he believed that we could get promoted and I believed in him. And um, we managed to do it against Wrexham and we didn't play the best that day. They were... They were probably the better team in the first half, but afterwards it was unbelievable. You know, a lot of the a lot of the players stayed up in London. I went back to to Newport with my with my daughter and my my friends, and um, it was very entertaining. There's no better team to be as a, than from Newport than Wrexham, <laughs> especially at Wembley. Yeah, look, it's obviously the North and South rivalry, but you know, I'd like to see Wrexham back in the football league. It's it's good for Welsh football, and and I think it's you know the Phil Parkinson, he was my manager at Bradford, so I know Phil well, and I'd like to see them do well. Two Welshmen having a conversation about the Welsh football. <laughs> well, it looks like Wrexham are possibly back next year to be playing them next year. They've been saying it for a long time, so you know it's a tough league to get out of. Um, you know they've got some good back in there with. Um, the famous yeah. Hollywood. How do you feel about Because obviously you got Salford Saturday. Yeah. Obviously they've had a big investment from the class of 92 and obviously Ryan Reynolds and Rob have come into Wrexham. True. So more and more people are coming in buying lower league clubs and yeah, so it's only benefit for the league, is it? Well, it depends which way you look at it. If you're at those clubs and you're getting paid well, then yeah. then yeah. But, you know, it's, it's I think it's, it's good for the for the community. You know, seeing what, what is happening at Wrexham and that was needed, um, you know. They were they were struggling. They were could have gone out of business, 
and I wouldn't want to see that for any football club because um, you know I, I've seen what I've seen the effect it had on Newport. Okay, welcome back to the TWS Sports Podcast, and we have have a special occasion today. Tom, do you want to explain to our listeners where we are? Yeah, right now we are at the Molyneux and we are watching Wolves v Liverpool. Yeah. We are, and it's currently half time, and currently Wolves are losing 1 0. So hopefully, in the second half, they can score a goal or two and make it to the next round of the FA Cup. We're also joined here by AJ from the Whistle Foundation. Hi, AJ, how are you? Hi, not bad, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good. So thank you so much for organising this and helping us. Um, Today. Do you want to explain a little bit to our listeners what the Whistle Foundation is? So, uh, Whistle Foundation, we're a UK registered charity, founded here in Wolverhampton, and basically our aim is to bring sport to every child in the local area. Um, so, regardless of their circumstances, whether that's playing sport or watching sport or just experiencing some sport in some capacity, that's what we're aiming to do. And how important do you find it to give children and young adults kind of the opportunity to to experience sport? And how's the foundation? grown in, in the period that it started yeah so we've gone from one sort of one game in just a sort of a charity football game over at the Wolves training ground sort of five years ago to now putting on large scale sporting events um, look at the end of the day we're quite blessed some of us to have experienced sport growing up and even now through to an adult age and we recognise that sport plays a massive part in society so we really want to give back to the to, to children of all you know of all ages and how can people donate or find out more about the charity um, so yeah, check out our socials for events. Um, you know, we regularly post on social media. There's our email addresses as well, just to get in contact with us. But yeah, just come to our events, support us, and ultimately you're supporting children to uh, play and watch sport. Amazing! Thank you so much, AJ, for this opportunity. And Tom and Alyssa, this is your first Wolves match, and I know Alyssa, this is your first sporting event. How have you found yeah. it so far? Well, it's been fun so far. I've also said the reason during the match, my legs started to hurt. Oh, I know. And do you think Wolves can win? I hope so. Yeah, good. Tom, how are you finding the game? Um, well, even though I'm, I missed a bit at the start, I'm still enjoying it because like, there was a bit of struggle heading to the Molyneux due to like, traffic and stuff. But I'm just hoping for the best that Wolves catch up and the rest on the second half. See ya. Good. So thank you so much to the Whistle Foundation for this opportunity of, of the students coming to the Molyneux and experiencing the game. We really, really appreciate it. So fingers crossed by the time this, this airs, we, Wolves are through to the next round. Um, and back to the episode. How did the move into management come about? And in 2017, you became manager of Newport County. Can you tell us about that, please? Yeah, look, I just knew I wanted to be a manager from my playing days at Gillingham. It was something that I wanted to do. I'd done my badges when I was playing. I did a degree in sports journalism and media at Staffordshire University, which isn't too far away. Um, So I was always thinking about life after football, i.e. playing. Um, So I, I, I wanted to do that, and fortunately... I was a coach. I, I got into to coaching in Newport. I started with the academy. And, and then, um, yeah, unfortunately, the manager lost his job and they gave me a chance and it's worked out. Um, is it true you did your coaching badges with, is it Thierry? Thierry. Thierry Henry. And 
Mikel Arteta. <laughs> yeah, so. Is it true you did a coaching badges with Thierry Henry and Mikel Arteta? And yeah. So what were they like? Yeah, they were amazing. Absolutely amazing. There was a lot of good people on there. You know, there was people like um, Colin Caton. Um, you know, they, who works in the Welsh League as well. Kenny Brown, who was my manager at Barry, is is now at West Ham. Uh, Andy Morrison, who who's worked a long time in in the Welsh League, it wasn't you know everybody was treated the same. And Thierry, Mikel, the you know the the big the big names on the course were were absolutely fantastic. You know Pep Linders, who's at Liverpool, but for me it was good to see how you know top top well arguably Thierry's probably one of the best to ever play in the Premier League. Um, to see how they see the game, get to talk to them and. And it's you know it's it's an amazing thing that the the FA uh, Welsh FA do with with the coaching courses because it does give you a I'm going to say more of a, a broader outlook to 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 manage and and, and to coach. Um, what was the Newport squad like when you took over, and did you realistically feel you could keep them in the football league? I could have a laugh and a joke here, but say it wasn't very good because we were bottom of the league. But yeah, oh, no. there was um, no, there were some, there were some good players there. There was players with experience, um, and did I honestly think I could keep them up? I'm not sure, but I believe that we could win a few games and, and put some pride back into the into the football club. And thankfully, we managed to win seven and draw one out of the last twelve and stayed up and on on the last day of the season. Your your first season in charge of Newport was a very memorable one. When you took over, you were bottom of the table by 11 points and then on the final match of the season, you beat Notts Country 2-1 with a goal in the 89th minute that kept you up. Can you tell us your memories of that game, please? Again, it was a game I didn't enjoy. Um, oh, no! <laughs> my, again, that game, you know, being from Newport, again, I'm thinking... These fans waited, you know, twenty-five years to to get back into the football league, and after four years, they could be going out of it. Um, so there was a seven-minute period towards the end of the game that we were going out of the league because the other teams around us were doing better than us. So, you know, for that seven minutes, it was quite say lonely on the touchline. Um, but Mark O'Brien popped up and has made a. A name for itself that will never be forgotten in in Newport County AFC um, folklore because he he saved not just the club but he saved you know for me it, what those players done that day they stopped the club going out to out of uh, out of business again. Okay, it's once you go down out of football league, it's it's very hard to get back up. It's it's so difficult, and you know especially then you see a lot of mm. big clubs paying a lot more than Newport could afford at that point. You know, let's not forget it was supporters owned. So it's not um, like you've got a big sugar daddy there. Mm-hmm. You know, they, everything is very, very carefully run. And, you know, it's, um, it, it, you know, it, it's it's a long way back if, if they go out of the league. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to stop midway through and play a quick game of you. We have done this with all the previous managers we have spoken to on the podcast, such as Harry Redknapp, Sam Allardyce and Dave Jones. We are going to name some players that you have managed, and I want you to tell us a story about the player or tell us about them. Are you ready? <laughs> Come on. 
Let's go. Uh, Padre Amond. Padre Amond. Well, he was my uh, first big signing at Newport. I would say we paid a transfer fee for him. Fantastic professional. Um, a good story I've got, which is when when we were locked in during lockdown and the season. Ah, was, the dreaded. Yeah, the dreaded lockdown and. Let's not speak of that or what of the name <laughs> of the thing that caused us lockdown. Yeah, yeah, we won't. And um, he went for a run the one day. So he started running and he carried on and on. And he uh, he's never done never done a marathon, but he ended up doing a marathon in two hours and fifty-eight minutes. Whoa. Which, which was absolutely fantastic. His poor feet must oh. have been telling him off for days yeah. afterwards. So that's that's how uh, dedicated he, he, he is. You know, he's playing at walking there a podge. And um, you know, he's uh He's a fantastic lad. Yeah. Joe Ludley. Joe. Well, yeah. I can tell this one's going to be good. Yeah, no, listen. <laughs> the fact, the fact you can... he's, he's a Welsh legend, Joe. You know, I spoke to him the other day when he was over in um, Dubai, Doha, watching watching Wales. He um, he's famous for his dance, his Welsh dance at gym in, in the Euros. <laughs> You'll have to Google it. But when you finish later, you can Google it. But great lad, Joe. He. Um, He's somebody who, again, he's played at the highest level. Played for Celtic as well, which is good. Um, but he, you know, he's somebody that, you know, I would have loved to have had his career. He is, um, he was a funny, funny lad, quite quiet. But when he says something, he makes the room laugh. <laughs> nice. Um, Kevin Anderson. Oh, <laughs> I can tell you some stories about Kevin. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, I, I don't think we're keeping it for a podcast. Um, you know, I'll have to be be careful with this. <laughs> Kev, practical joker all the time. Always messing about. Good as gold. Great to have in the change rooms. I've played with Kev and I've managed him. Um, fantastic fitness levels for somebody his age. And the one day he was winding up a goalkeeper called Lenny Pidgeley. We are all playing at Bradford. Well, I'm making the few that didn't end well for Kevin <laughs> yeah well yeah he didn't and uh, he was winding up Lenny Lenny's come for a cross missed it and he starts singing the the, the soul, snowman song to him and then um, so everybody's laughing winding Lenny Pidgeley up uh oh um, I can see where this is going Kev goes to put a cross in still laughing kicks the floor and rips his thigh from from his oh. knee from his knee up to his um, pain and, and then <laughs> and Lenny Pidgeley decided to laugh at him um, but yeah that was Kev all over <laughs> took it well he was out for a long time but uh, he was always yeah. the life and soul of, of the dressing room yeah this we interviewed this interviewed someone and they was brought up that while their players went to cut triangle shaped holes into the t- into the players oh, yeah they do yeah, that practical jokes on that yeah oh, they no. do that <laughs> um, okay, well. next up is Nicky Maynard Nicky I didn't manage Nicky for a long time, uh, for, for very long. Um, he always used to score against us, so he was he was a very, very good striker. Again, played at, at a very, very good level. Cardiff, Bristol City as well, he played, so he, he was good. I had Nicky towards the end of his his, um, his career, uh, but he scored a very, very important goal for us in the playoffs. Um, in the playoffs semi-final, he scored in the 119th minute against Forest Green which put us through 
for another trip to Wembley. Um, Connor Wilkinson. Oh, well, he's out there now. <laughs> he's, um, he's he's back in full training there. Am I allowed to say that? He's actually. Am I allowed to say that? He's so out there. He's been um, he's been injured for a for a long time in in terms of football. Ouch! And what did he do? He done his cruciate knee ligament. So that he, sounds painful. Yeah. So he had to have an operation. Um, and he's done a lot of rehab, but he's back in today and he's looking very well. But with Connor, very, again, life and soul of the place. He gets on well with the lads and um, I'm, I'm very, very pleased to have him back. I went to ask you, well, one of the um, Newport County fans asked me to ask you about Alan Woods. Yes. He didn't, didn't manage him, obviously. He's passed away again, sadly now. Yeah. He used to play, used to play for me, but... Did you know him? Alan was. I uh, knew him very, very well. Um, he was my he was my coach um, in the youth team at Newport. He Alan was somebody I had the utmost respect for. He was a tough man. He was a very, very respected man, and he was somebody that I kept in contact until until the day he died. Really, he was. Um, I can't speak highly of Alan. He, hardly enough of Alan he was somebody that I miss now still and um, you know it's um, it was a pleasure to have to have known him thanks Rance and those the following season you beat Leeds in the FA Cup and then drew with Spurs and then went to Wembley to play them you really provided the fans with some great memories yeah, and like I said, you know the fans there have been through enough over the years trying to get back into the football league. So, for being able to provide um, those memories for the for the fans is is what it's about because they'll be uh, there a lot longer than than I will or the players will. They they keep the club going, and you know same as every every fan. You know the Walsall fans here, they'll they'll be a lot here a lot more. Lot longer than I will, and I would love to to provide them with some special memories as well. How would you describe? How would you describe yourself as a manager? Ooh, depends. <laughs> depends if you won, won or lost. Um, yeah, it depends no, if it was no, rude during. No, I um, I, I try and keep consistent. You know, I'll, I'll my door is always open for the players. I'm approachable. Um, you know, I'm I'm demanding. I want them to 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 make the most of their careers, but they also know that they can come and talk to me with any problems. So these, you know, this day now, you've got to be more than just a manager. You know, you've got to be a, almost a family liaison, a a friend. Um, in terms of away from the pitch, you know, you've got to be there for that support, and. More importantly, you've got to be somebody that the players trust because, and that's on and off the off the field. So if they don't trust you, yeah. they're not going to go and perform. And, and, and uh, everything must fall apart. Yes, exactly. Um, <clears throat> the FA Cup success continued the following season as you beat Leicester City, Middlesbrough, and then you played one of the best teams in the world, uh, Man City. Can you tell us about that cup run, please? Yeah, it was it was crazy. You know, we um, managed to beat beat um, Leicester in the third round, but we had a very very difficult um, game in the second round where we um, 
we drew with Wrexham away. They were a lot better than us. They deserved to win the match. And then we went back to to, to Newport, Rodney Parade, and, and beat them quite comfortably, actually. Then we, we, we obviously, Podrick and Mann scored late on in the game against Leicester to put us through. And then we had a re, uh, we went to Middlesbrough. We were losing 1-0 in the 93rd minute. We, uh, we put on a midfielder called Matthew Dolan, who actually used to play for Middlesbrough Academy, put him on, and he scored with the last kick of the game to make it a, a replay at, at Newport again. And then again that night we played exceptionally well well and won 2 0. But at that point we knew we were playing Man City because the draw had already been done before the replay. So um yeah it was yeah it was a you know it was it was just special. Um, you, you just, I have a question I have a random, just a question <laughs> What does FA mean? Football Association. Okay. <laughs> the Wallet so Tondana. You're getting quite a name for um FA Cup or under the League Cup obviously the well in the League Cup playing some big teams yeah the third round of the Cup at the moment with Walsall yeah and look it's, it's good because like I said it's something that the supporters deserve it's something that I want to do well in and, and extra the players money. extra money exactly and it's very important um, you know to keep the club in a healthy financial position um, what is it like uh, coming up against Pep Guardiola it was just, it was surreal. He, you know, he's you know the best in the business. Um, him and Jurgen Klopp are, are at the top of the tree at the moment, um, and he's just so down to earth, so so friendly, so accommodating, and um, he's somebody that I respect wholeheartedly and admire. And not just that, he was a fantastic player as well. But even more, the most important thing is a he's he's a better human being because he is a, a special, special man. If you haven't already, then be sure to download our new app, Gold, the home of challenges. Post and take on challenges. Call out your friends and top leaderboards. Challenges can be about absolutely anything, so be as creative as you like. Be sure to follow our social media too for awesome giveaways. That's Gold. Is it true that Jurgen Jurgen Klopp Klopp invited you to watch Liverpool train? Well, it wasn't quite Jurgen, but it was his number two, uh, Pep Linders, who was on the Welsh coaching courses with us, and I've, I've got the no no Pep um, over a long Wales. time there. <laughs> that name pop, that so, it was brilliant, but but Jurgen was there. I you know I managed to to have a sit down with him and, and speak to him. And again, with with me being a Liverpool supporter, you know that was a dream come true because um, Jurgen Klopp is you know he, he's he's special. And again, he's somebody who's brought the good times back on a consist. I would say more of a consistent basis for for Liverpool. Um, can you tell us about a day in the life of Michael Flynn, the football manager? What does a typical day look like for you? Long. Um, you know, we've got to be organised. You know, I've got good staff around me. So the staff uh, are exceptionally well. You know, even the likes of Tom, he's doing a lot of the organisation for the for the media work. Um, you know, we, we, we come in early, plan the session... You know, after we find out who's training, who's not, with regarding injuries, 
plan the session. What do we want to get out of the session? We we sit there and brainstorm in terms of right. What do we need for the forthcoming fixture? Who we, you know, what formations to play? How can we hurt them? And then how can we translate that into a training session for us to take into a game? So it's not just we don't just do one thing on the Friday before the Saturday game. You know, it's it's a progressive progressive week of how we can hurt the opposition as well as carry on our, our philosophy of, of trying to play football through the thirds. Okay, so I am really sorry, but we have to ask you about the following season. You had an amazing season and reached the playoff final against Tranmere. Yeah. You lost this game 1-0 as they scored in the 119th minute. What are your memories of that day? I hope we didn't ask that. One of the players who played in that game for Tramia um, is is here now, Manny Month, Manuel Month. And we should have had a penalty in the 84th, 85th minute. And it was a Manuel who made the foul. And the first thing I asked him when I came here, you know, he was forgotten then, we can't change it. Was it a penalty? Yeah, was it a penalty? And he said it was 100% a penalty. So that just made me worse then. So it brought up old memories. Uh, but yeah, no, I was, I was extremely proud of the players. We had a man sent off um, towards the end of the game as well. So we had 10 men for over over half an hour. Uh, but it was a very, very disappointing day because I wanted to give um, the fans a promotion. And we couldn't quite do it. I didn't quite do it. Um, a few seasons later you reached the playoff final again same answer <laughs> different and, uh, names this is going to end badly same, same answers different names Morecambe shall I leave the gun on that one no it's <laughs> alright carry on you lost 1-0 in extra time to a terrible penalty decision against uh, Morecambe from the referee what are your memories of that again we should have had a penalty and they shouldn't have. So we were very unfortunate. Um, but look, that's football. It happens, and you. I want to hide under the desk now. <laughs> what doesn't What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, as they say. And well, it, just... it wasn't a scorpion. It can't. Yeah. A foot... I doubt a football can kill you unless exactly. it hits you right in the face. Exactly. And, and it could uh, probably. And it's something that just makes me stronger to to get promotion. Because they weren't, I, we watched the videos back yesterday, and both panel decisions. Because the Morecambe one was out of the box, wasn't it? Yeah. And the other one like, was very light. But obviously now in the, I don't know if they have VAR in the finals now, do they? Or do they I don't know. They probably do they it's, now? Have they started them this year? They might have started now this season. It's um, frustra- uh, frustrating her to lose, especially in extra time to to a decision that actually wasn't the right decision. Yeah, but again, it's maybe the referees didn't have enough caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, couldn't keep up a play, but you know you just need to um, you need that little bit of lady luck at those times, and and we haven't had it. Um, you left Newport towards the start of the following season. Did the hot eight of missing out on two promotions take their toll on you? No, not at all. It was just I felt I needed a fresh cha- uh, fresh challenge mm-hmm. and a little break. I'd been there for a long time, and. Um, you know, I wanted to step aside and let somebody else have a go and and see, you know, what where they could take them. That's a good way to handle it. 
Yeah. <laughs> we have a few questions from Newport County fans who have got in touch with us on the podcast. The first one is, did you and the chairman fall out over the signing of Joe Ledley? Not at all. Um, That's good. <laughs> the last thing anyone wants are two managers trying to murder each other. Very true. But not murder. Obviously not. No one got killed. You were very successful at Newport, but what were your biggest hurdles? Biggest other, than, hurdles. other than the actual hurdles. Biggest hurdles at, at times is, you know, I'd say it was a couple of things. It was keeping the squad together, you know, because we had some really, really good players. And the other thing was dealing with the pitch at the at the time because the the, the pitch was used by two rugby teams as well. Oh, so no. it wasn't very good. Um, rugby, rugby to the face something from time to time, I bet. Yeah, it was. And uh, it was very hard to... To keep that um, the way you wanted to play. Yeah. So why, why, why did you move from Spitty Park to Ronnie Parade? Oh, that that's a... the best move the club done. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the best. The best thing is much better location for the supporters in terms of getting that. And um, nobody wants to play on a pitch with an athletics track mm. around it. You know, it's no. Uh, yeah, you it's no atmosphere. To... But... Yeah, no one wants to risk. Throwing up or kicking a ball and it landing right on someone's head. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want the rugby, you know, don't want the rugby ball coming into play. Um, was it was it difficult to manage a side where you grew up in and knew so many people and were so attached to? Yeah, it, it is. People underestimate. You know, everybody thinks they know you or want to make up. Rubbish about you, or yeah, I don't like it when people try and make up rubbish about or, others. You know, when you're you sat your family or what you know, everybody wants to talk, and I've got no problem with that as long as it's done in the right way. Um, but when you're doing it day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out, you know, it does, does you know, catch up with you, and you know, it's something that one of the reasons why I thought I, I needed a break. Um, as a manager, you have to sell players and manage players in the dressing room. How did you find letting players go and did you enjoy looking after players? Look, letting players go is never, never easy because it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's a player's career. But it, it has to be done. You know, I had it done. I had it done to me a number of times over, over the career, over my career. And, you know, as long as it was done in a respectful way or at least an honest way, um, you know, then you can look yourself in the mirror. You know, being, looking after the players is it's very re- rewarding because I'm a father. I know, you know, what what it is to put your arm around somebody at times or be there for when somebody needs to, to open up to you. And, um, it, you know, it, it is a, a good feeling that you can... You can hopefully help not just improve them as a player but as a person as well. Um, when Mick McCarthy left Cardiff City in 2021, you were favourite to take over Cardiff at one stage. Did the club ever contact you about coming their manager? No, nope, never, nothing at all. Rude! That is surprising. <laughs> How would that conversation go with you? Obviously. Being a Newport manager and 
can move to Cardiff would that have something interesting? No, wouldn't bother me. I'm ambitious. Yeah. Um, you know, Cardiff's in the championship, so yeah, I'd be a fool to to turn. Sorry, name down. floating around the top, and I thought <laughs> thought it'd be a good move, maybe. If obviously they never came back. Yeah, listen, they you know Cardiff, they they've got um, a manager in now, and they are they're going. You know, Steve has just lost his job earlier in the season. So Mark is in there now. And um, again, for Welsh football, I hope Cardiff City do well. In February 2022, you then became the manager at Warsaw. Why did you take this job? And why did you have... Uh, and did you have any other offers? Sorry. I had one or two other offers, which I won't disclose. Um, All right, well, no need. But yeah, I... I I liked the the setup. Um, I felt it was time to get back in. You know, I'd been out for four months. I had some very very special family time. You know, over Christmas, which I had I'd never had, never had with my children or even as an adult, because I've always been playing football over the Christmas period. Mm. Um, we managed to go to Lapland with, with the children as well, so that was good. Never been to Lapland and. I think I was more excited than, than my little boys. Um, but yeah, you know, look, I don't want to be out of work for, for too long. It was the time to to get back in. And I've, having spoken to um, Lee Pomlet, the, the chairman, and, and Jamie Fullerton at the time, I felt this was the, the right place. And um, thankfully, it's, it's going okay at the moment. Did you find it easier managing a club you have no you club you have no previous connections with, like when you were at were Newport manager? There's there's no it's not easier at all because I put the same I, I put the same pressure on myself to do as well for Walsall Football Club as I did for Newport County AFC. So you know, and if I was managing Manchester United or Liverpool, I'd be doing exactly the same. You put that pressure on yourself because you want to win and you want to you want to be successful. So, no, um, the only the only difference is is that um, you have no idea who's who. <laughs> yeah, and you know, at, at times, you know, it's um, you do get that little bit more of um, I'm going to say peace when you're out with your family. What is your least and most favorite things about being a football manager? Least oh. favorite thing is when you lose a game. I hate losing. It upsets me. It um, you know, it it can spoil your weekend in you know in not in a week. So I don't take my I wouldn't take my professional um, mood home to my family because it's not their fault. Um, but it can. It can get you down yeah, when you lose a game because I want to win every game, and uh, that's that's what it is. And the best feeling is when you win. You know, when you're seeing your, the yeah. players work hard, carry out and implement the the plan that we we've, we've set, because it shows that your hard work is paying off. Okay, can you give three bits of advice for a first time manager who's taken over a club in League Two? Oof. Yeah, get staff in who you trust. Stick to your principles, and believe in yourself. <laughs> I like that. What is the realistic expectations for Walsall this season? 
I don't want to say too much on that because the, the Walsall fans will listen to this and they'll hold me to it and put pressure on me. I know. I want to finish. I want to finish as as hard as we can. Um, I would love to get into the top three. It's going to be tough at the minute because two two out of the three uh, at the minute who are there have uh, been fantastic season so far. Um, but yeah, it's just about improving year after year than than where we were at last year. Okay. Um, you have a contract with Warsaw until 2024 at the moment, I think. Where do you want Warsaw to be in two years' time? I'd love it to be in League One. You know, that would be the aim. Um, it's uh, Like I said, it's a club that I'm really enjoying my time at. They're, we've got new owners with Travella, uh, who are based in, in the US. They're fantastic people. They, they're ambitious. They've got the same drive and determination as myself. And like I said, Lee Pomlet was really key in, in me coming here. And I would love nothing more than to to give Lee a promotion. Um, Mike, we've got a few questions from Warsaw fans on Twitter. If I can ask you one or two of them. Yep. So the first one comes from Billy Gray, who asks... Can you ask him about Ronan Maher? Is it Ronan Maher? Mayor? Ronan Maher, yeah. Mayor. We saw him briefly in pre-season. He's had a few minutes on the pitch. He looks a fantastic young talent. What are your expectations for him in the future? Ronan needs to keep working. Um, as hard day in, day out and keep improving. He's got a, you know, he's a very, very good footballer and he's somebody who, who I've got a lot of time for. He's got, he's got the right attitude at the moment. And I, I want him to have a very successful career. Right, the next one says, not a question, but this is for Mitchell Harvey, who says, let him know we're all behind him. Glad his ideas are starting to show on the pitch, and we all know he's the man for the job. Hope Travella back him in January, as we all want him to take us to League One and beyond. Well, thanks for that. And, you know, it's um, it, was a, it was a difficult start with, with the injuries that we had. Um, you know, but look, it's um, it's a long season and nothing is is won in in uh, November or December. So we've got to keep going and, and keep working our as hard as we can and try and, and try and get it in the right area of the of the table. Having that last one from Twitter is from James Francis who says, "Are there any positions in the team that you would like to strengthen in January?" Yeah, there's a few, but I'll keep those uh, ideas to myself. <laughs> you're, you're exercising your right to remain silent. <laughs> yeah. Last, last few, Tom. And a personal question for you. Where do you want to be in five years' time? Five years' time, I want to be a manager in the Championship. Um, that's, that's where I want to be. I want to be... Um, yeah, I want to be in the Championship at least. On our social media, we asked Newport and Warsaw fans to describe you in one word. Do you want to hear what they said? <laughs> Not really. No. <laughs> We're going to do it anyway. Yeah, but go on. Go on, that's fine. Um, passionate, loyal, legend, saviour, top bloke, hardworking and caring. Would you agree with these comments? I think they're being very kind there. Eh? <laughs> um, you know, look, a, a, another thing... I can I can say about both sets of fans they're they're good people. Um, you know, Walsall is very very similar to Newport in terms of 
you know, how, how the people are. The only difference I would say is it's is twice as big. Walsall is twice the size of Newport. But there's some fantastic, genuine people in, in both in, in Newport City and, and, and Walsall. So, you know, they're the people who are the breadline and, and the, the key people in, <laughs> in both football clubs and for both, you know, for, for both sets of supporters. I, you know, I've got nothing but respect and admiration for them both. So, um, let's check my research now. So you've gone eight games and beaten. You're currently 10th in the league with Salford away on Saturday. It's been a, not necessarily a turnaround, but looking at the results, obviously you're in a good period at the moment. How, coming into a new team, this is your first full season, what sort of changes do you think you have to make in the summer? Or did you make any changes to, I don't know, see the progression that you're currently seeing with the team? Yeah, the biggest thing was the mentality change. You know, um, it, it was something that I've said open and honestly in in the interviews that I've done over the summer and the fans forum that I attended to is a mentality change. And for that, you need everybody. You don't just need the players or just the staff or the players and the staff. You need the supporters, you need the owners, you need every single person to be pulling in the same direction. And, you know, thankfully, at the minute, we have got that because, um, you know, we... We've managed to turn things around. At times, I would say we were playing better in games that we've lost than than we are at the moment. Even though we're winning, I know that's that's crazy, but it's it's just something that I feel that we that we were, um, and I knew we wasn't too far away, and it wasn't something that was overly concerning me. You know, don't get me wrong. The longer it goes on, the the, the bigger the the burden gets. But um, I was always confident that me and the staff and the players would, would turn it around. Um, before we finish, we would like to play a game with you that we play with all our guests. The game is called Wrong Answers Only. <laughs> we, we will ask you a range of questions and you have to give us the wrong answer. Are you ready? <laughs> Go on then. Wrong answer. I love this game. <laughs> Favourite ground you've played at? Glamford Park. Is that the one with the rugby? <laughs> no. <laughs> Best player you have ever signed? Best player I've ever signed. Yes, yeah. but remember, wrong answer only. <laughs> Joe Riley. Oh, no, I Highlight of your career? Losing in the final. <laughs> Favourite manager you came up against? Uh-oh. Steve Evans. Oh, no, I need him. The best thing about Michael Flynn is his haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Every week on the podcast, we like our guests to ask questions to each other, so we get a guest to ask a question, but they have no idea who the question is going to be for. This week's questions comes from our previous guest, former, which was former Premier League striker Kevin Davis, and he asked, what one action in your career would you change and why? Oof. Um, Just go back to the power of hindsight. Yeah, power of hindsight. Um, what would you go back and change in one action? What, what would I What would I get back and change? Um, a couple of like one, one or two of the, the, the decisions I made in terms of leaving, leaving a club to go to another one. When at the time you think it's the right the right thing to do um, 
And maybe looking back, it, it wasn't. You know, for example, leaving Wigan when I did, I shouldn't have. I should have stuck in there and, um, and had a chance to play in the Premier League. The other thing is I would probably have done, you know, with, with everything that's come in now, the, the way the players look after themselves, I wish, you know, I'd done more gym work in terms of, of getting, you know, well, just being the best I could be, you know, because I didn't really like the gym as much. Although I was very fit, I was fit. There was no, no fat on me. There was there was always more that um, that I think I can do. And, and looking back, you know, and looking at how the players do it now, I think it would have benefited. I would just like to say a big thank you again to everyone who listens to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Please continue to leave reviews and pass our podcast. On to your friends and family. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today, Michael. We really enjoyed speaking with you and it means so much to us as a school to be able to have the opportunity to be with you. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for your very, very thorough questions. I hope that didn't feel like an interrogation. (laughs) No, no. I'm really, really impressed with with the, the podcast you're putting together and thank you for... Choosing me as one of your guests. So, Tom, Alyssa, Michael's just left. How did you feel that episode went? It went great. I, I personally enjoyed it, especially from him switching to different teams as well, like um, when he was in Gillingham uh, as well, because like, mm-hmm. he had to go like face a lot of different like tackles to do with... like. Um, Did you just time. make a football pun? It's the same one from last time. Yeah, I like, I like seeing it in. But literally, like, I I'm, I'm glad that like he brushes it off, even if he's faced a loss, and you know he always uses it to his advantage. So definitely, Alyssa, this was your first in person yes. podcast. How do you feel it went? It went great. <laughs> well, what was your favorite? What was your favorite story, or was your favorite part? The my favorite part was probably the. Uh, Snowman thing, the snowman <laughs> incident with what was Ke- his name? Ke- uh, Kevin, Kevin Allison. <laughs> oh dear! What trouble? Do, what kind of trouble do footballers get themselves oh, into? Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, we we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, make sure to go follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, uh, and to go listen to us on stuff like Spotify, Apple Music, uh, or the podcast app, or anything else. Yeah, we'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone. Later. See you later. Thank you. The TWS Sports Podcast combines autism and sport. This unique podcast is hosted by children with autism, and each week they interview famous sportsmen and women from around the world. The TWS Sports Podcast takes you deep into the sports star's career, their highs and lows, what happens away from the field of play, and so much more. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast apps. The TWS Sports Podcast, where autism and sports combine. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.